On this week's episode of Orange Juice Optional, we are going to be putting Christmas 2023 in the books. Well, almost. We still need to discuss One Day in December by Josie Silver. Let's start that conversation. Why, hello, everyone, and welcome to this week's book club episode of Orange Juice Optional. I'm Michelle, and today I am here with Suzanne. Hey, Suzanne. Surprise, surprise. Surprise, surprise, it's you. How are you, Michelle? I'm doing well. I was going to start this episode with the words, Suzanne, put the gingerbread down. (laughs) Yeah, well, now that it's, I'm back home, so I don't have to sit at Starbucks and eat my gingerbread, although I am missing it a little bit this morning. I bet you are. Well, it's a positive that your internet's working, at least for the time being, at unless least for I just the time being. jinxed it. Well, let's hope not. Let's hope not. Hey, I had an experience the other day that I just want to touch on real quick because my husband taught me a life hack that I okay. never thought I would need to know, and I hope I never need to know it again. <laughs> okay, well, okay. Please share with us. Okay, I was sitting at my desk and mm-hmm. I have made a makeshift office and behind me I have a background and I wasn't paying attention and when I got up from my desk, I scooted my chair back, I hit the background behind me which had a lit candle sitting oh, on it no. and it sent wax flying everywhere. Oh, I wanted no. to cry. It was in the carpet, it was on my backdrop, it was on my new desk, it was on my chair, and I was devastated. I did not know how I was going to clean it up. Enter my husband, my savior in that moment, who said, get an iron and get some paper towel and iron those wax spots, which I did, and it worked wonderfully. Good idea. Did you know that was a thing? Nope. Didn't make sense now that you mention it. But it makes nope. complete sense. And iron did come to my mind, but I was thinking an iron and wax paper. But no, it was paper towel. And thank mm-hmm. you, Rob, for that advice. It was yeah, super no spot on. I guess I thought, I've thought of like using a hairdryer, but an iron seems so much more efficient than a hairdryer. It was. I do need to go back and touch up on a couple spots because I see now that it's kind of dried. It didn't get it all. But hey, I'll take that win because I thought I was going to have to replace the carpet. No kidding. That is really cool. It is really cool. Well, today, as I said in the intro, we are going to be talking about the book One Day Mm -hmm. in December by Josie Silver. I'm so happy that we are getting this episode in in December because the listeners may not know this about me. They do know that I decorate early, like November 1st. But when Christmas is over, everything has to come down. I don't want to see Christmas decor. I don't want to hear Christmas music. I don't want to have white elephant parties. (laughs) Everything has to come down. And so... This book just has to be completed before the beginning of the year. (laughs) Okay. Okay, so should we get started? Let's get started. Okay, here we go. Well, I'm excited, Suzanne, to talk about our book of the month, which again was One Day in December by Josie Silver. Did you finish it this month? 
I did, yeah. And do you have a verdict? Did you like it? I did like it. It was an easy... Yeah, like it was hesitation. An, an easy read, you know, just kind of a cozy up and read type of book. I don't want to say anything negative about it because it really was enjoyable to read, but I kind of felt like it was between a Harlequin romance and a Hallmark movie, kind of landed somewhere in between. I am so glad that you brought that up because I do want to talk about that or touch on that once we get into the discussion because... Mm-hmm. I was curious about how you felt about <laughs> that. It just yeah. appeared unexpectedly, and it felt a little out of place. But we'll go ahead and get started. I know you don't like to give a rundown on a book or what the book was about. Do you want me to right. do that? Yes, please. I mean, I could, but you go right ahead. Okay, well, as we step into this discussion, I'm assuming everyone who's listening to this episode who wants to read the book has read the book. And mm-hmm. if you haven't, Maybe you want to not listen to this episode right now and finish the book first, but hurry because... Or or wait until next December to read it. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I was going to say, or hurry, finish it before the end of the month because right. we have to put Christmas behind you. Or maybe you don't. Some people leave their tree up for months. Not me. Have you heard about people leaving their tree up and then just changing the decor out? So in December, you have a Christmas tree In February, you have a Valentine's tree. In March, you have a St. Patrick's tree. In April, an Easter tree and so on. Have you heard of that? I have heard of that. Yep. I And I've seen it occasionally and to each their own. Yeah, that's just a lot of work and a lot of effort. Kudos to people who can do that. Yeah, I don't know if it's a lot of effort or if it's the lazy man's way out of not really dealing with taking down the tree. It's a lot easier to take ornaments off the tree and redecorate the tree than it is to actually disassemble the tree or take the lights off the tree and if it's a live tree and recycle it. So maybe people just leave it up to, so they don't have to deal with that. I love Suzanne, the cynic, my friend. (laughs) Yeah, that's me. Okay, well the book one day in December takes place in London, one of my favorite cities in the world. And it starts in December, I believe of 2008. Mm -hmm. And there's a young lady on the bus. And her she's having a bad day. And as she looks out at a stop, she sees a man and their eyes meet and their eyes lock. And she knows that he's someone who's supposed to be in her life. Mm -hmm. She's willing him to get on the bus, and as he gets up to get on the bus, it pulls away. And she missed that opportunity. He missed that opportunity, but she is heartsick. She spends the next year or so looking for him and Mm -hmm. doesn't find him until her best friend brings him home as her boyfriend. So Exactly. And her, her best friend has been on the search with her. She brings her best friend in to help find this mystery man. But she when she when it's her boy her best friend's boyfriend, she has no idea this is the guy that her friend has been talking about. Exactly. And I found that very interesting too because there was a scene where they were at the bar together and she thought she saw him in the distance and her friend got so indignant and mad because this guy's like 
I think they called mashing with some woman just in public and mm-hmm. without regard to anybody else. And they were both relieved when it wasn't him. But yes, she was with her the whole time. She finally decides to kind of put it on a shelf or not talk about it as much. And that's when Jack enters her life as Sarah's boyfriend. And there's a dilemma. What do you do when the man of your dreams shows up as your best friend's boyfriend? Now, this is not a story that wraps up really easily or very quickly. It actually spans about 10 years in their lives. And it shares how they kind of go through this process of dealing with that situation. Exactly. Is there anything else you would add to the uh, synopsis? Well, no, the synopsis is good. Well, go ahead and share your thoughts. So, well, there's a, I mean, like I said, it was a delightful Christmas, not Christmas, but just seasonal story to read. It was light, you know, it was an easy read. It was just what you need when you don't want to get too deep into a book. But a couple things that, which is why I refer to it as somewhere between a Harlequin romance and a Hallmark movie. It annoyed me that this went on for 10 years. <laughs> it's like, seriously, I mean, just one of those things that, I don't know, I I had issues with that. It's like, there's so many ways it could have been wrapped up in less time. I would agree with that. And I felt similar. I felt like we went the whole length of the book developing Mm -hmm. the characters, going through events that are happening in their lives. They're not together. They're going through the process. And then all of a sudden, they find their way back to each other and it's done. So you have 10 years and then it's done. You don't even get what happens the next month after they reconnect or the next year after they reconnect. And in Hallmark movies, you get that. So I was a little bit disappointed and I'm like, this can't be the end. It it just can't be. But it was. Right. It was. And yeah, and it's kind of like, well, okay, that was, that was, yeah, kind of anticlimactic. At one point, I think it was when Lori, the main character, is getting married to Oscar, you know, a couple years into this whole love triangle thing that's going on. And now, I, correct me if I'm wrong, but Lori confesses to her best friend, Sarah, who's dating Jack. They had broken up at that point. They had broken up. But Jack was actually the guy that she had locked eyes with when she was on the bus. Now, I think Sarah, the best friend, way overreacted and didn't show up as maid of honor to her wedding, to Lori's wedding to Oscar. And I thought, okay, that's just a little bit of an overreaction. Really? What did you think? Well, let's get back to that social dilemma. So when Jack walks through the door after Sarah introduces him as her new boyfriend, Lori makes the decision never to tell Sarah that Jack was a man from the bus. Right. Now, would you have done that? No, I wouldn't have. I I would have said, that's the guy. That's the guy I saw on the bus. I would have said it immediately. I think I would have also, but 
then the story would have been shorter, I guess. So that's why well, they had to keep it in suspense. Right. Again, going back to the Harlequin romance formula or a Hallmark movie formula. It's like, okay, you can't tell the truth because then there's no story. So you have to drag this conflict out, you know, this inner conflict out through for 10 years. It's like, okay. It was a long time. And for the listeners or for the people who've read the book, you know, Mm -hmm. Lori recognized him instantly. And if you're wondering, he also recognized her. But neither of them wanted to admit to each other that they recognized one another. And so that wasn't even shared. So Sarah doesn't know. And then the two of them don't know that the other person remembers until much later on. So then we get back to the wedding scene. I did think it was an overreaction, too. Right. I mean, we're talking about two best friends and... So it's like, are you really going to be so upset about this new piece of information that you're not going to attend your best friend's wedding as maid of honor? (laughs) And I was hopeful. I kept waiting throughout the whole wedding scene for her to show up and to be present for that because I couldn't believe in the moment that was happening because Jack and Sarah had already broken up at that point. And they were playing a game, and this is how it came out. Sarah and Lori were playing a game, and Sarah guessed it. Lori confirmed that Mm -hmm. he was the person from the bus. I think she gets out that they shared one kiss at some point, and then it just blew up. And I can understand being hurt by not having that information, not you know, being able to talk it out back then, but to blow up Mm -hmm. like that, not show up for the wedding. But it did set the book up for the next scene at the wedding in which the maid of honor is no longer there to give the toast. So Jack, to avoid awkwardness, gets up to give a toast, but that causes all sorts of problems and feelings to resurface. Correct. Um, Did you think that was a smart move? No, it's like, okay, no. It's like, and does that really happen? No. So, And it wasn't a smart move, but it was a predictable move. I could see that happening when they're like, where's the maid of honor? Where's the maid of honor? I'm like, he's going to stand up. He's going to yeah. give a toast, and it's not going to go right. exactly as planned. I mean, it was a beautiful toast, but it was filled with um, maybe words and emotions that you wouldn't just share about a best friend. Exactly. Exactly. So, yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> you know. Well, it's kind of, it's kind of a formula story, but I, you know, like I said, it was still a, a fun book to read, but yeah, kind of predictable. And it was definitely a formula-based story. I, I'm really mm-hmm. not a prude, but you're going through the story. You're going through their lives. Of course, they're going to fall in love with other people. They're going to hook up with other people. Mm-hmm. And throughout the beginning of the book, it's pretty calm until she goes to, is it Tahiti? Not Tahiti. Mm. Where did she go? Where did she go? Starts um, with a, a T. <laughs> I can't think of the location, but she went right. there. That's where she met Oscar. Right. And it got a little risque. I wasn't expecting it just because the tone of the book wasn't like that. 
right. until she got there. And then there was this one scene that was like that. And then it kind of tamed down. I mean, there were right. a, a couple other little things, but it just seemed out of place to me. Why it's not really a Hallmark movie. It's a Harlequin romance, but you know, it it is. And now you have me distracted because I'm trying to find where she went, but it doesn't really matter. No, it starts with a, a, a T. I know, but now it's bugging me. Like, how can I not remember that when I just finished the book a week ago? Right. Well, it's how just quickly because we lose that information. I guess I know. it's not it's real because relevant. Tahiti popped into your mind first. And so now it's hard to get past that mental block. Yeah. But that's, that's okay. It, Suzanne. Yeah. Well, was there a favorite part you had in the book? Um, it wasn't that kind of a book to me. It wasn't, uh, oh, I love this part of the book. What about you? Well, I do love the idea of a little bit of angst and that moment where your heart is just like captured in your throat. Just And that first scene in the book oh. where they lock eyes and the way she described it and that moment, mm -hmm. it really drew me in because you could picture sitting there and seeing somebody and so bad wanting to make that connection and... It just driving away that opportunity and then the the loss of it. I, I guess I got a right. lot of feeling during that opening scene. Right. So that leads me to a question that I've been meaning to ask this whole conversation is, so do you believe in that kind of love at first sight? Like you see someone, you lock eyes, and then you spend a year looking for this guy, knowing he's the love of your life. I do believe in the idea of love at first sight. As a child, I really, you know, dreamed about that. Like, isn't that right. what we all want is to walk in and in that moment, when you lock eyes, you just know. And I do think that happens. I, Did you feel that with Jeff? No, we never locked eyes. <laughs> okay, well, the first time your eyes caught or the first time he smiled at you, it doesn't have to be locking of eyes. I don't, you know, see, because the cynic in me, I don't know that I believe in love at first sight. I believe at attraction at first sight. Lust at first sight? Well, not even lust at first sight, just attraction. Like, okay, you know, I want to, I want to find out more. I want to, but to look at someone, see, I just, I don't think that way. So yeah, but that's the cynical side of me. I just don't think of that way. I do have to say, when Jeff and I went out on our first date, I did come home and tell my mother and my sister that was the man I was going to marry. Was that love at first sight? No, I just knew he was the man I was going to marry. It, took it was me a about, knowing at first sight. Yeah, it was a knowing at first sight. And okay, well, let me ask you this question. Mm -hmm. Take the love relationship part of the equation out of it. You're out having a great day, you run into a person, you see a person, and you just know you're going to be friends for life. Do you believe in that kind of connection where you just connect so instantly and so fast? And it could be a shared smile, it could be a shared laugh, it could be, I don't no. know. I, don't? I mean, I think a shared conversation, I think where you like, randomly run into someone and you just hit it off in a conversation or but in a moment's time and well and here let's get back around to so 
I guess the thing is, is would I sustain seeking someone out, looking for someone that I just saw in a split second, knowing we had a connection, male or female, um, friendship or love interest? Would I spend the next year of my life looking for this person or thinking about this person? And I think the danger in that in real life is when you have seen someone instantaneously and you seek them out, you create a relationship in your mind. So if you ever finally catch up with this person, you really know nothing about him. You don't know if he's married. You don't know if he's homosexual. You don't know if he, anything about him. If, if he he's lives a nice a, guy. If, if he, he's a nice guy. If he lives in a different part of the world where you would have to disrupt your, you know, he could have been a visitor in London. So I would not pursue that for an entire year. I would let that just wane and let it go away. And I don't know if I would pursue it for an entire year to the point where I'm always on alert and going out just hoping to catch a glimpse. But I think it would always be on my mind or in the back of my mind. And I'd be hopeful that maybe our paths would cross again. And I really do think if it's meant to be, it will be. And so you kind of have to let fate step in and guide you along. Right. Well, and and that's just it. I do live with a, if it's meant to be, it's meant to be. And you will see him again. So I wouldn't spend a lot of time seeking him out, especially from a single glance. I may, I maybe would pursue it if I had actually had a conversation with him, you know, and I was intrigued and I wanted to find out more. But from a single glance, no, I would, I would think, okay, if it's meant to be, somehow we'll run into each other again, which but remember is, yourself which at, is what happened. Right. But remember yourself at 23 and how hopeful you are at that time and how young and how exciting everything is and you're just out of the home and this moment happened and it's what you've been waiting and looking for. Do you think your perspective would have been different if you were younger? No, not from, you know, glance or a locking eyes moment. No, but I will say once I started dating Jeff, I did everything I could to run into him, find out where he was going to be. So he'd see me again and give him the opportunity. Are you a little schemer, Suzanne? Yeah, well, I did do that. He wasn't the first guy I did that with either. I think there's a lot of plotting that goes on. Putting you in their path. Yeah, I like that. Yeah. And you can admit to that. I don't think I could ever admit to like, I found out where they were going to be. So I just showed up looking my best, my finest. Yeah. yeah. And you were like 23 when you met him, or maybe you were even younger. Oh, no, I was a lot younger. I married him when I was 23. Okay. Yeah. Well, I do think you made a great point when you see someone just a first glance, a locking of the eyes. Right. You really do build up who that person is. I, I think mm-hmm. there's no way around it. And there are a lot of factors in real life that would go into whether or not you'd be compatible. But Maybe it was just a knowing. I'd like to believe it was just a knowing and it was just something that stirred and fate did bring them together. But man, fate was cruel. Yep. That would be the worst way to bring them back together. Like, oh, here's my Mm -hmm. best friend's 
boyfriend and I had this moment with him. Did you ever find in the story or while you were reading it, think that there was no way they would ever find their way back together? Oh, I mean, no. they blow up with Sarah. No. Really? Even all... when she married someone else? No, because it was a Hallmark movie. That's where the Hallmark movie part of it comes in. You don't write a whole book about about seeing each other at a first glance and spend a whole book trying, to, not a whole book, but the first part of the book trying to find this guy and know that they're not going to end up together. Of course they're going to end up together. And that gave me hope, knowing the formula gave me hope. But she really was devoted to her best friend, Sarah. And when Sarah reacted the way she did for a few minutes or for like a lot of chapters, I really did think that there was no way she would risk hurting her friend again because they did form the friendship again or they were able to rebuild the friendship. And so I didn't think she would rock that boat. Yeah, well, I didn't go that deep into what I was reading. You know, I didn't think about that enough. I knew how the book was going to end when I started reading the book. And that's okay. I mean, like I said, it was a fun read. So it's okay to know where it's going. And there always has to be the conflict in the book. It's part of the formula. You know, there has to be that conflict that keeps them from, you know, keeps the suspense alive. That is true. And as in life, time does heal everything. People do move on, their perspectives change. And so I think that really did move the story along also. But there were points I didn't think that was going to happen. I doubted the formula. I held on hope for the formula, but I doubted it. Oh, uh, well, and I think that maybe is a another sign of a good book, you know, uh, you know, if you were able to get past the what you expected would happen, to think, well, maybe something different will happen. It kept you reading. It did keep me reading. And I did really enjoy the book. Again, very disappointed in the ending. I wanted to see them a couple years in the future, six months in the right. future. I wanted to see what happened after they reunited and if it all right. fell It ended place. abruptly. It did. For 10 years of story, it ended just like that. And that would yeah. be my biggest criticism about that book. Well, anything else you'd like to share about the book before we move on to closing? Not really. Nope. How about so you? So would it be a thumbs up book for you? Thumbs down yeah. or just some nah? It's an eh. If you're in the mood for that kind of a book, it's like, yeah, good read. But nah. And I was in the mood for that book, especially when I was in Hawaii and it was raining and I was in my room and it was like not fun outside. I just listened and I right. enjoyed it and I embraced the season and I like a good love story. So I will give it a thumbs up. Okay, great. Okay, well, let's close this episode out. Okay, everyone, we have come to another ending for Orange Juice Optional and ending for the year 2023. That blows my mind. It's so hard to believe that another year is coming to an end. I know. It's amazing. Anything you're holding on to as we move forward, Suzanne? Anything you want to share? Words of wisdom? Nope. What about you? 
just embrace the lessons of 2023. There was good, there was bad, and there was celebration and, you know, embrace it all, I guess. <laughs> that would be my best <laughs> advice right now. I hadn't thought about it. Um, yeah. Again, trying to put you on the spot, but not wanting to be on the spot myself. Yeah. Can you share the book that we'll be reading in January, please? I can, and I think it's a good book for uh, the beginning of a new year. It's The Book of Joy by Desmond Tutu and the Dalai Lama. Okay, have you, well, you've read it before. I think you said that in the last episode. Right, but it's a good reread. Do you do that often? Do you reread books often? No, I will reread my classic favorites. For example, Gone with the Wind, I've probably read that book 10 times. The Little House on the Prairie series about Laura Ingalls Wilder. I probably read that series 100 times. I do have favorites that I reread, but, and I have books like this one where I may go back as a reference, although I haven't with this particular book, but I do believe it's worth a reread. Okay, that's fair enough. The books I reread are usually children's books. Oh. I've read them hundreds of times. Well. There are a couple others that I kind of forget over time and I go back and revisit. So oh, anyhow, yeah. with all that shared, Suzanne, do you have a something to sip on to close out this year? Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay. It is the year's end is neither an end nor a beginning, but a going on with all the wisdom that experience can instill of instill in us i love it and isn't that what i kind of just said a few minutes it ago is. or tried to yep that's exactly what you tried to convey yeah well cheers everyone have a wonderful new year and we will be back in 2024 cheers